0: It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan.
1: Everybody stay calm, sure. stay sure. calm!
0: Let's take some calls from the public, shall we? Join the Afternoon Stretch now, 615-844-5600. Now here's Bruno and Zach.
2: o'clock here in the music city so you know what time it is time for the afternoon stretch here on nashville sports radio bruno reagan devil mckenzie zach williams here inside the strike and spare family fun center studio hope everybody is doing well on this icy gonna be icy i'm not sure if it's icy kind of day they're saying ice is coming weather you know i don't know just drive that's all i do i don't i don't i don't look i don't consult I wait till I'm already in the thick of it to have to figure out. Oh no, I should have stayed in. So be better than me. Be smarter than me. Uh, let's go up to Clarksville, Tennessee. One man who did not want to drive into the studio today. Bruno Reagan. Bruno, how are you doing, buddy?
3: Hello. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you. How are you doing? Word. Do I sound good? You sound. I mean, like right. it's it's a it's a relative question, really. I can hear you. I'm gonna ignore, I'm
3: gonna ignore that. I'm gonna ignore that. Um, it's good not to have to. It's good not to have to look at Devlin for a day, but
2: yeah press on. <laughs> and shout out to all the uh, people who watch on our video feed. You get to look at Devlin all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real shame. <laughs> That's a real shame. You got your Ohio wor- gear on and everything. <laughs> well, I'm full just, out. Yeah, you're feeling good today.
3: Don't worry, Devlin. Uh, if your parents or friends ever watch the show, they'll notice things... On camera and then text it to you and you'll feel self-conscious about it
2: forever (laughs) that is that is so true bruno that is so true i had to change my entire life basically because i'd get on this Mm -hmm. stupid camera and people see me and say hey you shouldn't do blah 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 whatever it is whatever the thing is that i would do you can't do that because you're on camera and people look at you i told no one what i was doing (laughs) doing. yeah (laughs) what are you gonna say bruno I want to jump right
3: into it, man, because when we talk about great sports rivalries, I mean, I'm thinking about things. I've been thinking about greatest sports rivalries in my head, like is, like, bull, like Bird, Magic, all of it, and then we get one that that I think resonates with you and me, and that's Chef versus Rappaport. Have you seen these <laughs> conflicting reports? Because this has been awesome. This made my day.
2: Yeah, so I, I want you to go through them because these uh-huh. are first off. It is, once again, we've talked about this, because even here, look, real quick, before we go into that, news breaks out immediately. Todd Downing has a second DUI, and that's that's not the truth. Uh, I, I still stand by what I say on Twitter, no matter what, because the guy is jobless and in jail now, but he turned himself in for his first DUI that happened back in November, right after the Green Bay Packers game, uh, and the the photo leaks, and it, I say leaks, it just comes out because that's, that's public information and people start running with it immediately saying, oh, he's second DUI, second DUI. He does not have a second DUI. He is turning himself in and supposedly going to be there until, what, February 2nd on Todd Downing. But still, take your jokes, hold on to them, and don't put them out there because the guy's jobless, and now he's in jail. So I can't imagine a real worse spot to get into.
3: No, I I feel horrible because this is the nature of the beast – where mm-hmm. coaching in the nfl i don't get paid i don't care how much money you get paid there's a lot of jobs out there you can't you know force me to do and i know how stressful it is to lead an offense and i know how stressful it is also when you're when you essentially know you're getting the axe at the end of the season you know you're going to the you're walking up to the executioner's chamber it's like i it's kind of like being on career death row in a way um and that that takes a toll on you so i know he's paying his dues for his mistake and i hopefully you know hopefully he gets it figured out because you never want to see that for anybody i know we we take sports very passionately here but i feel very strongly about you know it was it was good to see um what the Bengals with osai and what happened with him and how many people came out to support him i know we don't need to you know baby people but at the same time have some empathy for humans
2: absolutely absolutely so now let's get back into the rapapur and and uh chef chef news you want to go so, off with that, Bruno? I'll, I'll, I'll,
3: yeah, I'll, I'll lead us off. So Ian Rapport tweets out, unbelievable. The Broncos spent today trying to hire DeMarco Ryans again today. So misspelling, because he's trying to break the news so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not me messing up. That is Ian Rapport messing up because he's typing so fast. Before he recommitted to the hashtag Texans, sources say. When he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved, they being the Broncos, moved and finalized Sean Payton. Well, Adam Scheffner tweets conveniently right after timing of today's two hires was completely coincidental. Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with DeMarco Ryan's or D'Amico Ryan's or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton and Houston on Ryan's. Now we are in this fun media little scruffle, and you want to know who these two sources are? They are Sean Payton and Ryan's agents, respectively trying to skew this story that makes each of them look better than they really are.
2: Yes, because the, the story that is Danico Ryan's coming out and he was ha- basically leveraging the the Broncos' job mm. to get into the Texans' job and then also leveraging that back to the Broncos, That that's the way it's being told out right now, that the Broncos wanted Danico Ryan's because, look, let's face it, it was a lot to have to move to get sean payton on your team the saints won it a lot uh the deal for the uh uh to get sean payton um i believe is bradley chubb is how he that or bradley chubb's a part of that deal from all those picks that they traded in the past to now get him. they're moving everything trying to get you have to move mountains to get sean payton that's just the real side of it Denico ryan's You're getting a guy who is a proven D.C., a proven defensive mind in the NFL now with a really good track record there in San Francisco. It's a hot young coach that you're going to be able to hold on to for a while. And it seems like an easier pick. It seems like an easier pick. But I I guess the Broncos in the end either couldn't pull enough money in or maybe they did want Sean Payton instead. And it sucks because there's there's
3: this – you know this is what i i love i always complain that we don't get this news broke right before our show so there's a ton to talk about but and the adverse there's a ton to talk about so i don't want to gloss over anything but it looks like the texans are finally settling in they have this high draft pick they're going to get this young talent i'm sure that's going to be the franchise you know face and now they have this young coach youngish coach that was on the come up it looks like houston's finally setting settling their feet in and they're ready to make a push again uh to relevance because they were i mean they were one of the teams that were guaranteed to suck this year very least they're not making the playoff right afc south could have could have almost willed that into existence in a weird way but we knew what they were now there's a sense of optimism if i'm a houston fan i'm a texans fan so i just want to make sure before we get into what i would say is unequivocally the bigger story which is the broncos and what they've done i mean this team is all in um the last time a coach got traded thank you to uh i asked on twitter and i think um Eric Goldfinger who's one of my Twitter he told me Tampa was the last time to do it they gave up a ton of picks and cash for John Gruden in 2020 2002 excuse me I was a six by the way (laughs) so that was the last time a coach was traded
2: you know what happened after that too what happened Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl oh man oh man so do you think history repeats itself no (laughs) how crazy is this this is the the round so an original first round pick this is the movement through these first round pick that has been traded today by the broncos this was originally owned by the 49ers they were the first one they traded to move up in the draft to pick up trey lance and then Mm -hmm. that trade gave the miami dolphins the first round pick then they trade that one in a deal to get bradley chubb and then in (laughs) that deal That same first-round pick now is being traded to the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton.
3: That pick's getting passed around, man. That pick's uh, (laughs) – and what's that pick going to actually end up being?
2: Who – I mean, you talk about the pressure of – (laughs) because of that, it's Trey Lance, Bradley Chubb, and Sean Payton has been traded for whoever – whatever kid is going to be that guy, and it's going to be talked about. Because it's just, this is all the names that were associated with this pick. And then if you come out and flub, you're just, I mean, really ruining it there. <laughs> all
3: right, Zach, I want, I mean, I, this is what we do. I want your instant reaction. Sean, the Broncos make the move. They have their coach. They have their quarterback. We know what last season was. Where do the Broncos fall next season?
2: I I will say this. if the, If the Broncos come out and have a season like they did this year, and more specifically, if Russell Wilson comes out and just is a mess outside of a handful of games in the season, is not getting the job done, and the defense is good again, because let's not forget that. The, the Broncos had a really good defense. Their offense could not help them do anything. Their offense could not do anything all season until right near the end of the season when teams are starting to give up and getting ready for draft picks and all that kind of stuff, and they're out of the playoffs. Then the Denver Broncos started playing good football again. And the Denver Broncos told us Nathaniel Hackett was the problem. Let's move on from him. Bringing in Sean Payton with Russell Wilson, you have no more scapegoat. You don't get to pick a scapegoat anymore because you're trading a first-round pick to get your coach, your coach coming in and being the guy. To me, if they have the same season again that they hated at last year, Russell Wilson's gone. Russell Wilson's gone, and it's not going to be a scapegoat. It's going to be he was terrible here. Broncos fans would be delighted at getting rid of them. What you're going to have to do, I don't know, trade them away, Get something. You're going to have to find a team that wants to take the full contract. That's what you're going to have to do. That is the number one game plan if you're the Denver Broncos. Get rid of Russell Wilson, and then we're going to be here in Nashville and Tennessee, and everybody's going to say we should trade for Russell Wilson. That's who should be the Titans quarterback. You can't. You're, you have no more scapegoat anymore, though. You have no more scapegoat because that's what Nathaniel Hackett was in the grand scheme of things he was a scapegoat they paid russell wilson all that money he was not going to take the blame for how that season fell out even though he was a good reason why that season was terrible
3: if i'm a a denver broncos fan as i was say houston if i'm a denver broncos fan right now i do not feel any better than i did a week ago because how much can a coach change the product on the field i guess in a in a a year, you know, we're going to learn. I mean, Sean Payton is going to set the tone for my sports talk career about the way I look at coaches and the instant impact they can have. Like this is going to be my control group because in my head, I'm thinking – What's Sean Payton worth? Like our coach, I know what coaches do. Coaches are like CEOs, and what is what does a CEO actually do? I think Jeff Bezos. If you want to go find that clip, he he nails it down perfectly. You get paid a ton of money to get to make four like really important decisions. That's what Sean Payton's gonna do. So if you mess up one or two of those, the Broncos are still. Where they were at, and what's what are the Broncos looking for? Because they had an absolute horrid season. Are they just trying to get to the playoff? Are they just trying to have a winning record? Are they just trying to win more games than they did last year? Take maybe a multi year approach. If I'm a Broncos executive fan or anyone in that building, if we're paying Russ all that money, we better be contending for Super Bowls right now. We better be contending for Super Bowls right now. And I just don't see this one move saving them maybe i'm wrong but if you think d- all of a sudden the broncos are going to go toe to toe with kansas city in their division no you talk about vegas maybe you and vegas can compete for the toilet bowl and maybe you you, you threaten the chargers but after I'm, I'm done slandering the chiefs and mahomes their dynasty until that guy leaves so can i,
2: can I give broncos fans a silver lining comparison to the situation because you know i love doing these because i think there's a lot of truth in them you know time time's a flat circle right like eventually just the the league is kind of mimics itself there's you know all this parody in the league all that kind of stuff whatever you want to say what team does this sound like a first year nfl head coach getting fired to be then replaced by a super bowl winning head coach
3: Oh man, I'm trying to think. Is it is it so easy? And I'm just being dumb right now.
2: Yes. But a Devlin got- Devlin should know very well. That's a huge hint because he has all Ohio State. Oh, it's right. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. I mean, Doug the Urban Peterson. Meyer first year head coach in the NFL comes in, craps the bed. Everybody says, "Oh no, Jags are back in the balloonie bin," and then you get. <laughs> You get that you get that coach in, and Doug Peterson was that guy. Sean Payton is on the is on the course with Doug Peterson for sure. And who knows? Maybe, maybe it brings and you have the right. If you look at the the grand scheme of things, if we're talking about the entire team for the Denver Broncos, the skeleton of that team, the question mark really is quarterback, can Russell Wilson show up? But you have good running back talent when you get Javante Williams back. Would see how it builds back. But I mean, a lot of those injuries nowadays, guys bounce back because of the treatments. You have stud wide receivers on the outside. You have a great defense out there. Some of the one of the best secondaries in the league. A good front pressure coming in. Like the Broncos aren't a team that is just there's a reason why everybody thought they were going to win a Super Bowl this year. There's a real reason. It just on paper, something didn't mesh. Something wasn't right. And maybe it was Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe it was. Maybe Sean Payton is the guy with a big enough ego to walk in there and control that locker room. So, and and it's not like we're going to say Sean Payton was just some bum as a head coach. He wasn't. He was a great coach. He was a great coach. They they loved him so much that they held on to his contract when he retired. Yeah. (laughs) And look what it worked out. He was worth a first-round pick. How many coaches right now in the NFL are worth a first-round pick? There's like five of them maybe. And
3: none of them, exactly. and not Sean Payton either. <laughs> no, not Sean Payton either. I, I don't. And he was talking like he knew. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, teams are gonna have to get me." Like I was
2: like, "This is." And, and I think he's right. I mean, he was oh, right. He's obviously, yeah,
3: he's obviously right.
2: No, so for sure. there's a real world here where it does work out, and I think the litmus test is the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is a that is a obvious comparison to the situation they're in. Outside of, and, and we could say this way, not a promising young quarterback anymore in, in Russell Wilson, the way you would talk about Trevor Lawrence. You would talk about him at least saying there is a promising side to Russell Wilson as a quarterback. So there's comparisons there that Denver Broncos fans can sit and look. The only difference is you have to play in the one of the best divisions in football as opposed to the Jacksonville Jaguars got to play in the toilet bowl division of the of, of National Football League. In the AFC South. So that's the main difference. But there's a lot to talk about on it. If you want to jump in today, we want to talk to you. 615 844 5600. When we come back, we're going to go and talk some college basketball. Blake Lovell of the Southeastern 14 will join us. A lot to get in. Bama's big loss this weekend. What does that mean for this team going forward? Does a loss like that kind of hinder? I mean, Does it change things or is it just a bump in the road? He's going to answer those questions on the other side here on the afternoon stretch.
4: Good afternoon. They've got this wreck to the side. People are still staring at it on 24 eastbound at Old Hickory Boulevard out here in Antioch. That's slowing down that traffic on 24 as you leave Nashville, headed towards Murfreesboro. Again, right now it's just rubbernecking but quite a bit of it. Traffic's increasing on the south loop, the west loop. Watch your radar. I-40 out through Wilson County. Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. They're online at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
0: This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show.
5: I bought a piano for Grace, okay, when she was like 12 years old, and she was really good. Uh, just to get the piano out of the house, uh, and I couldn't sell it, do you know who I gave it to? Kelly Holcomb.
1: Did you really? For, for,
5: his da- <laughs> for his daughter, who's now uh, the leading scorer at Lipscomb Women's Basketball.
0: Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio.
4: Golfers, Tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be
2: the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to
4: WorldWideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Five State forecast.
6: your exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast for this afternoon, winter weather advisory, chance of showers under cloudy skies, a high of 37 for tonight rain and sleet or freezing rain. Overnight low thirty degrees. Utilizing the resources of the the weather network, Network National Sports Radio, on
5: WNSR, and be the most talented person on the show.
2: The afternoon stretch: Bruno Reagan, Devlin McKenzie, Zach Williams, here inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio you want to get involved 615-844-5600 we are waiting to get connected with our good buddy Blake Lovell. but i'll tell you man how how bad is it bruno you know this obviously sec football uh talking on the football side but how bad is it when you lose i mean losing to an sec team is one thing i would i would assume but what is it like to lose to another conference? Does that make a difference in your mind, or was it worse to lose to an SEC team?
3: It was always worse to lose to an SEC team, but sometimes things just don't make sense because you were an SEC – like, there were times where I would play against, you know, like when we played against Bama or Georgia, it was kind of expected what, you know, what we were going into, one of the better programs. But then we would play against, I mean, a Baylor – or even, um, even a Georgia Tech early in the season. And we would be like, okay, you know, this is ACC. Like, it's going to be a different style. I wonder how it will match up. And I remember getting blanketed by Georgia Tech, too. And I was just, and that was back when they ran the triple option, a GIMP offense, too. And I was just like, man, that one, that one hurts. So while the SEC ones, they do hurt more, um, the out of conference losses can kind of leave you perplexed.
2: Yeah, I would think it has to. It has to hurt obviously a little bit more because I mean, you see the same kind of thing, and I imagine that translates into basketball all the same. Uh, but the loss with Alabama against Oklahoma uh, from over this past weekend, 93 to 69. I mean, that is that is a shocking amount of points to be scored on really any of the top teams in the SEC, but let alone one of the top teams in the country. I mean mm-hmm. one of the top teams that have simply made such a name for themselves going forward. and looking at this Oklahoma team too you look at it as, as a team, the the team doesn't average 93 points. The team averages around 64 to 65 points per game. this is this is a, a really bad uh, version of of Alabama that showed up. And I think that I, I do wonder if it's something that we're going to see going forward of Alabama or what this team is going to look like going forward. Uh, because to, to ha- take that kind of loss, it really does mean a lot. Uh, let's go and now talk to the managing editor, senior editor of 14, Southeastern 14, that is Blake Lovell. You can follow him on Twitter at TheBlakeLevel. Covers all things SEC. Blake, first off, thanks so much for jumping on with us.
7: You got it, gentlemen. Good to talk to you as always.
2: Absolutely. Now, uh, you heard a little bit as we were kind of winding it up for you there. uh, Alabama taking that loss against Oklahoma over the weekend. What does that loss do for a team like that?
7: Well, I think it's hard to know just from that one game. And the reason I say that is because I think that, and I've said this all, last couple of days I think this week actually tells us exactly what it means for Alabama because they haven't had a game like that this season and you're talking about a team that you know I think a lot of people not just me but we're making the case for is maybe the favorite to win it all up until that game um the two losses they had the UConn and Gonzaga they, they weren't like that they, they weren't like the Oklahoma game and so it's the first time we've seen it happen that way and I think the big thing to me is like they have two games this week where on paper, they are at least 15 points better than Vanderbilt. They may be 20 points better than LSU. Um, Cause they beat them by 40 the first time. And so I want to see how they respond against those two teams, because if they come out and, you know, struggle and barely beat Vanderbilt or who knows, right? Upset Vanderbilt or LSU, one or the other. Um, then I think we have serious concerns about Alabama. You wonder if this is just a trend. It's beginning because remember, too, it wasn't just the Oklahoma loss. They struggled against Mississippi State. They managed to come back and win, but they didn't play great there either. So I think how they play this week will tell us a lot more about whether they've hit a, you know, that was just an outlier or maybe they've just really started to hit a bump in the road here.
2: Well, you mentioned Vanderbilt tonight uh, against Alabama. That one, Vegas thinks that it, maybe it was a bump in the road. 15 and a half is the spread in that game. Do you think that's telling it all, or is that just we're just going to leave it to Vegas making picks?
7: Well, I think I think you're just looking at the game on paper. You go back to the first game, what was it, a couple weeks ago now, guys, they were here. And, I mean, and it winds up being a 12-point game, well, let's be honest. It's like a 20-something point game at one point um, midway through the second half. And, you know, I, I think if you just look at the matchup, I just think, you know, Vanderbilt does not match up well with Alabama. And I feel like that's just kind of what it comes down to. And now you take Vanderbilt on the road and, you know, I just, I feel like that's kind of what this is when you look at it from a, an odd standpoint, Um, you would expect Alabama to bounce back because that's just what you've seen from this team. And you just know how talented they are and you can't imagine they're going to come back home and lose to a team. They have no business losing to, you know, and, so I think that's it, and, and I, it really is just going to be very interesting because we've talked about the theme all year. Vanderbilt seemingly plays everybody close, look no further than their last game. They go to a who's probably the third-best team in the league right now, and lose by six and certainly have their chances down the stretch. So, I mean, I think that's just – Vanderbilt keeps everything close, so I wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but I also wouldn't be shocked if this is the Alabama game where they just come out on a mission to prove that that Oklahoma game was nothing more than an outlier – um, that's going to tell us what this team has, because you know mindset's everything, and I'm curious to see what their mindset is coming into this one.
2: Talking to Blake Lovell, managing editor for Southeastern14.com, covers all things SEC. You can follow him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell. Bruno Reagan, what do you got for Blake?
3: Blake, I wanted to ask you about. We're in SEC play for most teams, right? But this Oklahoma game was kind of a drop in the bucket. And it's it's interesting because Oklahoma will be SEC team, but compared to what we saw now, or excuse me, at the beginning of the season, to what we saw now, what does the conference of the SEC look like as a whole standing up to maybe a traditional giant like the ACC when we get a game like that where the SEC's best team, you know, kind of takes a thumping that normally a top yeah. two or three team doesn't take?
7: Yeah. I mean, I think what we saw specifically from this challenge was like, I mean, the big 12 is clearly the best conference in the country. I I don't think that's, there's any debate about that. And, you know, we, we kind of knew that coming in, but I wasn't shocked that the SEC performed. I don't want to say as poorly as they did. I, I think the reason why you may view, it's disappointing. I don't think it's necessarily poor outside of, I mean, how it's interesting because Alabama probably had the poorest performance of the group, which is shocking because you would have never thought that, but um You know, I think you look at the Big 12 just from a strength standpoint, and every team in there is just really good. And it's like even the team's at the bottom. Texas Tech, I guess you could say, they had this long losing streak, but they beat LSU. And the SEC net right now in the pecking order, I think is still behind the Big 12, still behind the Big 10 this season. We're just talking this season. I think maybe the SEC is right there with the Big East. Um, I would – I don't know. I'd, I'd maybe put the SEC above the Big East a little bit. Uh, perhaps. But like the ACC, guys, the ACC has dropped to a point where I don't know where you put them in the pecking order. Because I think you can make a case for all four of those conferences I just said ahead of the ACC right now. Because, you know, Duke's not necessarily the Duke team you would expect. North Carolina, you know, has struggled a little bit. Um, Playing better now. But I mean, Clemson's leading the league. And it's like, that's not a knock on Clemson. It's just kind of I don't know. Like, I don't think they have the depth in that league right now that we're used to seeing in the ACC. So the SEC is kind of an interesting spot this year where, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad league, but I think it's just kind of – it's not to the level of Big 12, and we didn't need a challenge even to tell us that. Uh, but I also think it's, it's still maybe a little bit beyond where the ACC has dropped to, which I don't know if the ACC kind of – I don't know when they turn things around, to be honest with you, because – um, again, you look at those kind of teams near the bottom. It's just the conference is kind of lacking a lot of that sort of top tier national championship type teams that we're used to seeing um, in the ACC, which, again, is usually carried by Duke and Carolina and those teams. But I just don't see a lot of those right now.
3: I had a I had a different question, but you kind of spurred another one. So I'd like to get both to you before I pass it back Um does that kind of myth bust what people thought NIL, NIL might do, at least in college basketball? Because people thought, you know, the Dukes and the UNCs, they would just, the rich would just simply get richer. But now that's that seems to be not the
7: case. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, and I think too, I think you tie in that and the fact that, you know, I feel like I've been saying this for a couple of years, but I think the transfer portal is just as big of an impact as anything because it's like used to, You know, you could say, well, you know, this guy has to go here to be able to, you know, be on a a winning team or or be able to be on a team that can make the the championship or however you want to put it. Um, I just think that's not the case anymore. And, And NIL, like you said, you tie that into it where, look, is it if you're good enough, like it doesn't really matter where you go, I think now where because that money's at now look, certainly some schools have more opportunities to provide that. Than others, But I think just in basketball sense, it is an interesting thought to think about because, um, you know, whereas, okay, well, surely all these, the power is going to shift back in favor of these traditional, you know, again, powers, let's use Duke and Carolina as an example, but, you know, and, and maybe they are the wrong example. Let me say that real quickly because they've just gone through coaching changes too, and it's kind of a different situation there, but I do think there's something to the fact that it's not as, as huge of an impact as maybe we would have thought initially Um, just based on, you know, we're seeing, I mean, we always go back to this, don't we guys like Brandon Miller, right? We use him Mm -hmm. as the example because, you know, he's here locally and just all of a sudden just becomes a stud and now he's at Alabama, but you know, everyone wanted that guy. I mean, who, who wouldn't. And so it's just one of those things where I think so many guys have so many more options, whether through the transfer portal, whether through NIL and, and everyone's catching up to that. Like it's not just the schools at the top that have that availability to, to give kids these resources NIL-wise and all this other stuff. like, And again, some people are going to have more than others, but it is a very interesting dynamic that's been created in college basketball. And I, I don't necessarily – I don't know that I ever see it kind of getting back to where it used to be because I think the transfer portal has opened up so many opportunities where you can go play anywhere you want right now and, and you know, any time. Like that's just kind of the way it works. And, and then when you add NIL on top of it, there, there are plenty of opportunities out there that, that aren't just restricted to a select few, and I think that's just opened up the landscape to where every single season you can see just the changing nature of the teams at the top, even though you know teams that have the best coaches are usually going to have a chance to be right there for the most part.
3: My last question, we look at Tennessee and in all sports football – baseball basketball they have kind of reached this you know upper echelon level now it's it's been a rebirth of that university in all aspects but baseball they get knocked out early in the regional or super like right before omaha football they just barely edge out the college football playoff and basketball even with you know these higher seeds they still haven't i don't think tennessee's ever been to a final four been past the elite eight and their last elite eight was what like 12, 13 years ago or something. So if Rick Barnes keeps having these elite teams, but let's say they go out first or second round again, where does that put them in his job kind of in the space?
7: Yeah. and, And that, that again, goes back to, I think, fan perception versus I don't, I don't even want to use the phrase realistic expectations because like, I do think it's realistic to expect Tennessee this season to get to a Final Four. I think it was realistic several years ago with Grant Williams and Adam Schofield and that team. Um, and they just they couldn't do it. And I'm sure Texas fans felt the same way, right? Some of his teams he had there. They're just thinking, well, maybe more of those teams should have got further. And and yet I say all that to say this, I think the understand, and I, I made this point to someone else, like let's, let's just compare Tennessee and Vanderbilt for a second. It's, it's completely different in terms of you know, approach coaching wise, like all this, there's different differences. But I think what is sometimes taken for granted with Rick Barnes is the fact that if you look at Texas and you can look at the most recent history of Tennessee outside of what, I guess the 2020 team. I think sometimes we take for granted thinking that it's just easy to get to the NCAA tournament every year. Like, I think it's almost like, well, they should get there every year, but I don't, think that that is the case and and you can let's use vanderbilt as an example right there's a program that was just you know going right along getting to the tournament maybe every year every other year um but just completely bottomed out and vanderbilt's not the only program that's done that look at south carolina right now like that's a program final four what five six years ago now something like that six years completely bottomed out now and like i think sometimes you have to keep that in perspective of well we want to change because we think we need to get we need to win it all well, I mean, that's the expectation that's been created by who? <laughs> it's been created by the guy that's there right now. Like, he's he's gotten them to the point that where Tennessee feels like we've been number one before under Rick Barnes. We've been – in the regular season, we've been the number one team in the country. But that – got to go higher than that. We have to get to the championship. Like We have to get to the Final Four. We have to make it to the second weekend. All those things. And I understand that part of it. But over the long haul, he's had seasons there of, what, 27 wins, 31 wins, 26 wins. This year, I think they'll hit easily hit the 25 plus mark. Um, I mean, you can take the risk, I guess, of going out and finding who's some, who's going to replicate that uh, to get you to the point to where you can get to the final four, uh, to put yourself in a, you know, a tournament position. But guys, a tournament is a tournament, right? Like there are so many random things in, in the course of a tournament. It's why we love it. Like it's why we, we love seeing an 11 seed make it all the way to the Elite Eight. Like it just happens sometimes. And so – People are always going to rock Barnes for it. I get it. I understand. But at the same time, be careful what you wish for. If you're willing to, to take that and say, well, maybe eventually we need to make a change because Rick Barnes isn't getting us to the final four. Well, I get it. But you can also make that change and go really far in reverse because it kind of ties into what we just talked about, Bruno. Like the transport portal, every year you're starting over as a coach. And so every team can kind of start over every year. So if you make that change – And you take that huge risk of saying, eh, maybe 27 wins, winning the SEC, but not getting the Final Four. That's not good enough. We've got to get to the Final Four. It's almost like Kentucky. Like, it's kind of – it's the cow scenario where Mm. at some point you got to figure out kind of, you know, there's a middle ground there somewhere, guys, but it's a very complicated discussion. And I don't know. I I get it, but, man, he's doing a pretty good job, I think, so –
2: you, you you segue really well into this last question, Blake. Uh, I I'm, we got to make it a little short here, though, but Lenardi has his bracketology out. Last four in is Kentucky. How quickly can that change for them?
7: <laughs> it can change pretty quick because, you know, I thought the Kansas game was a big one because they needed another the good win, but, like, now for Kentucky, I think it's avoiding the bad losses, and, you know, they have the worst loss you could have against South Carolina. I just think now they just have to beat the teams they should beat. And then I think they'll pick up some other ones by default because a lot of their, their toughest games left are at home. They get Tennessee at home. They get Auburn at home. They get Arkansas at home. So I actually think Kentucky's going to be fine. Um, they're playing better. Didn't think they played bad against Kansas, but I, if you ask me right now, I think Kentucky gets in the tournament. Um, I just think that they're, you know, I say all that, they could lose at Ole Miss tonight, but they have to beat the teams they should beat and then I think they just have to pick up a few more somewhere else at Rupp, which I think they'll do.
2: Blake Lovell has been our guest managing editor for the Southeastern14.com. You can check him out. There are a lot of daily SEC content, not just basketball, but everything going on SEC, especially baseball, is right around the corner. I know you all are probably already fired up some great articles over there for that. Go check it out already over there at Southeastern14.com. Thank you so much, Blake.
7: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks.
2: Good stuff from Blake. Love having our weekly chats with him, college basketball related. I really think there's no better mind in this area, in this market, to really talk about that kind of stuff. He, he just knows it back and forth, and and even outside of this market. I mean, I would go around the t- – give me the contiguous United States. I'm taking Blake level. Uh, over a majority of the names that you're going to throw at me when it comes college basketball, but guy knows a lot of stuff and he's always great with the knowledge base. Follow him on Twitter at the Level. All right, got to run to a break. If you want to jump in, six one five eight four four fifty six hundred.
4: Good afternoon. Pretty busy, we would expect out here on the South Loop. 65 stacked up in Metro Center at Rosa Parks. Heavy traffic volume now on 24 as you head out towards Murfreesboro through Rutherford County. uh, Building also I-40 into Wilson County. Just be careful with some radar down I-40 around 840. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee. Log on now to Snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
8: Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, or overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund thousands in weekly prizes during the double your refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money, so forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Hi, this is Joe
5: Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, can Consider contacting Cordell and Cordell we've helped men to Nashville Bob's Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel if you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today.
0: It's the McFarland Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane.
9: The Titans offseason is going to be a big to-do in this market. They have a new general manager in place, and there's a lot of uncertainty of where this team is going. What's their approach with a brand new general manager? Is it trim the dead weight, trim the fat, try to come back and we're good enough to win it? I think that's exactly what they're going win to, to do. Win a division? I think that's exactly what they're
3: going to do.
0: The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio
5: WNSR. The afternoon stretch with Zatch Williams and some dude named after a 1940s cartoon baby who was in reality a gangster on the run from the police. 615
2: 844 5600. If you want to jump in, that's the number. Let's go and talk to the day one stretcher, Tony in Nolensville. Tony, how are you doing, my man?
9: Good afternoon, Zach. Hello, Bruno. And I really appreciate the compliment there. Uh, guys, I watch or listen to you every day and y- y'all just keep bringing it. And so that's a, you do a good job, but trust me, I'm always a listener. I'm always there. Um, I want you to know that, just um, it. you, Zach, you hit a nerve with me a while ago when you made a statement that said, uh, now what's going on in Denver, Russell Wilson be let go. And the Titans fans, they all start hollering about, he'll be here. You are so right. Why is it that every time a quarterback's name comes up, Rogers, Carr, Russell, if he was, that I hear it in my circles where I'm out about is, well, he, we need to get him here. He's coming here. It's a true statement. It's a true statement. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, because it's just – you look at the quarterback position and how prolific it is right now, and especially as Titans fans out there. I mean, and I include myself in that conversation that we're the only offense. The Titans are the only offense. I said we there. Bruno gets to keep one on me now. The Titans offense is the only one that is based off the running back in the entire NFL. So Titans fans get to watch the the Super Bowl that is now going to be two – uh, quarterback-driven teams, and you look at the whole playoffs. That was just quarterback-driven teams. There's no, there's no running game that is based off this. The Chiefs and the Bengals combined for like what, like 70 yards rushing in that game in <laughs> the AFC Championship? There's a there's right, a hunger right. for quarterbacks. So they're they're deprived. You know, Ryan Tannehill's not, not satiating their appetite right now, Tony. So they always want that next name. And a lot of people think that next name, that Rodgers, whatever it is, that big name is just going to come in and fix all the ailments.
9: You know, I've always felt like the Titans. And you touched on the Broncos earlier. I, I was a huge Broncos fan. I followed Broncos all my years of growing up. And when we got to Titans, I've you know, I've become a Titans fan, season ticket holder and all that. And and kept up with them through the years with Shanahan coaching them and Elway and then Elway going in general manager. And after that, I just kind of just, you know, started fading away from following the Broncos like I once did. But with uh, with the Titans being the way they are, I've always felt like they always go get players that are out of their prime. They've missed their prime. They are always, I don't want to say has-beens, but they're just not the prime players. We've seen it over the years in defensive backs, wide receivers. um uh, either sometimes a quarterback or alignment. It just seems like they've done that time and time again. And that's, that's just the way I feel. And I might be wrong about that. So, um, uh, I just, that's I, just the way I feel. Y'all I don't know more about that. that than yeah, I, do. I don't
2: think you're all that wrong, Tony. Tony, I appreciate the call, my man. Thanks so much. Thanks, I'm gonna guys, get always.
9: Here. I always appreciate the show. Absolutely. Buddy. It,
2: tony he, Bruno, he brings up. I mean, it's it's true. It's every every Titans fan, they just want that new quarterback. They always want it.
3: Me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get the Trey Lance bug. I'm. I'll admit it. So I and there's Trey Lance. Come on. I know. Come on. Come on. What do you mean? Come on. It's
2: not gonna happen. It's not good. I get the whole thing, I'm, but I'll give
3: you. It's not gonna happen. I would argue about the. It's not good. I would give you that. It's not gonna happen. I'll give you that one.
2: But, you think he, you I mean, what do you know about? Tell, hey, tell me this. What do you know about Trey Lance? Tell me about as an NFL quarterback. What is he good?
3: Yeah, he's good. He can dump a ball. And he can he can throw the ball and run. He's not just a running threat. He can throw the ball well too. He's the problem is is he runs the ball a little too much and gets injured, and he would just get injured over and over and over again for the Titans. It'd be the Marcus Mariota effect.
2: Exactly. And and I think too that, which no slander to MMA, obviously, but. It's just that 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 quarterback name isn't going to, you know, what, whoever it is, whoever you think you are, whatever, whoever you think you know, what, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter. Like, that, just because Aaron Rodgers shows up here in Nashville and becomes a Titan, he's not going to, you know, fix all the problems. It's just not going to happen. We got to run to a break. Once again, we're going to get phone lines are open right now, 615-844-5600. We're going to get you in as quickly as we're able to due to some time constraints, but hold on with us through the breaks here, back after this here on the afternoon stretch.
4: Good afternoon. We've seen a couple of minor accidents. Here's what we're looking at now downtown on I-40 East at Dumumbury and Broadway, just trying to get past the south loop They're headed down towards Brentwood, Franklin, still in good shape, just heavy on all the major outbound routes, pretty much where you would expect, 65 to the north, especially up into Robertson County. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee, the entire nation. You can order online at snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
2: Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand every vehicle i purchased has been from hayes nissan and rivergate and i love the entire process now i don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department it has everything you need to get you back on the road go visit them on the web at nissan they're open there 24 7 365 days a year or give them a call at 615-865-7220 again that number is 615-865-7220 that's hayes nissan of rivergate where your dollar always goes farther
10: Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, this message is for you. Congress has passed $80 billion in funding to more than double the size of the IRS. 87,000 new IRS employees means more audits, collections, and penalties. This will make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Control combined. Now is the time to call Civic Tax Relief.
11: I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic tax relief basically represented me against the IRS and by the time everything was completed I didn't know the IRS anything.
10: Their tax resolution specialists can stop the IRS from taking money out of your paycheck.
1: With- CIVIC TAX RELIEF, THEY WERE ABLE TO SAVE ME UPWARDS OF $80,000 THAT I WOULD HAVE HAD TO PAY.
10: FOR YOUR FREE TAX RELIEF INFORMATION, CALL NOW, 800-841-0908, 800-841-0908. I WOULD RECOMMEND ANYONE WHO HAS A TAX PROBLEM TO CONTACT CIVIC TAX RELIEF. 800-841-0908. NEEDING A SNOW DAY?
12: <laughs>
0: How about a dough day instant games from the Tennessee Lottery are bringing winning flurries and drifts of cold hard cash with chances at breathtaking top prizes up to four million dollars sled to your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer and score a chance at a dough day only from the Tennessee Lottery game changing fun. Please play responsibly.
5: Follow the Afternoon Stretch on Twitter at Bruno Reagan and Zachariah W. Really, man? You want
2: that? I'm not spelling that out. <sighs> Back to the phone lines we go. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. 615-844-5600. Because never forget, this show it's not for me or Bruno. It's for you. If you want to talk? We are we leave it wide open for you. Anything you want to jump in on. 615 844 5,600. Let's go to Nashville. Eric. Eric, how you doing, buddy?
11: Hey, guys. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, one thing is, and this kind of surprised me, is I don't think you can totally do away with running the game. I found out that, do you know, the Philadelphia Eagles actually lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns? Mm-hmm. That if you include the playoffs, they have 39 rushing touchdowns. I found that out, which I kind of thought was an interesting stat. I think you can do that both effectively, and I think you have to have the quarterback, the offensive line, defense, as, as well, and that's one of the reasons they got it. So, they just have so much depth and so much talent on both sides of the ball and key acquisition was through trades and through the draft. And uh, this is a team that, if you remember, they had, of course, the whole thing with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, and they've been to Super Bowls with different quarterbacks, not the same lineup. A lot of people thought they were crazy when they got rid of Doug Peterson and got rid of Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, but here they are back again. It's just whether you like them or not, they're smart and adept at doing it. Guys, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them in the off season because uh, after this season, I find out they've got 11 free agents on that team, eight are on defense, and I know they want to sign uh, everybody they can. I heard that from Jeremy Fowler. It's just who are they going to be able to sign and who are they not going to be able to sign. And of course, you've got Jen Hurts, who soon is going to become the big contract, so it's just going to be interesting. Yeah, so well, and, they're going to.
2: And don't forget, Eric, they also played a a, a, a giant poop schedule this year yeah. that that helped no. them have all those touchdowns they also played. don't
3: forget they have like five pro all, all pros on the o-line like it's not yeah. that they design it around the rushing <laughs>
11: game it's just going to be interesting to see uh, what this team would have to in the off season but uh, I, I definitely think that uh you know i i would favor them right now but we'll see what happens guys uh i i'm hoping it's going to be a great game but sometimes a lot of times when we won expect expected great games, it tends to blow out. So we'll see what happens, guys. But appreciate talking to you guys. Y'all take care. We'll talk you soon.
2: hey appreciate it, Eric. Yeah, no, uh, that is 100% of the time, Bruno. And that's in every sport. I mean, every fight card, even just to go back to like a UFC idea, every card you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then it's just terrible, and then Conor McGregor blows out his, his leg. Or it's going to be, oh, the, I don't know anybody on this name. This is awful. And then that, if you really watch it, that's one of the best like actual fight cards you're going to see. That's probably how the Super Bowl is going to be built up. I I think people think it's going to be this big puncher's match and Kelsey brothers and Kelsey brothers and, oh, we're going to see Andy Reid. And then one team is just going to absolutely derail the other. And I think it's going to be the Chiefs just absolutely dominating.
3: If the Eagles go up like 30 points, they need to throw their Kelsey the ball so that he has more Super
2: Bowl touchdowns than Travis. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, First hour is done. Second hour is coming up you're still on the phone lines with us hold through we will get you right at the top of the five o'clock hour also have alex darty joining us at 525 so that'll be fun if you want to jump in 615-844-5600 first hour done second hour coming up
1: Nichols' stepfather Rodney Wells says after watching the video of his son's arrest, he got the sense that the officers involved knew how the encounter would end before they approached Tyree's car.
7: It was like they were on a mission, like they had already
8: determined the outcome of what they wanted to do.
1: A sixth officer involved in the arrest has been relieved of duty. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu welcomed Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to Israel.
12: This alliance is something that President Biden is committed to. I've known him for 40 years. He's a true friend of Israel, a true champion of this alliance, as are you.
1: Blinken will meet tomorrow with Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas. President Biden's in Baltimore to kick off a major rail tunnel construction project, which will be funded by the bipartisan infrastructure bill. At least 59 people are dead after a suicide bomber struck a crowded mosque in Pakistan. This is ABC News. Never completely ready to adopt a teen.
5: For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen
8: and you can't imagine the reward.
5: To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org.
8: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services,
4: AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
10: AdoptUSKids presents Multiple Choice Parenting.
4: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual?
8: Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within.
4: Oh. B, find the positives.
8: Less time blow-drying, more time texting?
4: Or C, show empathy?
8: Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it.
10: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the
0: same.
4: For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.
0: You have a 90% chance of surviving a lightning strike,
10: you have a 98% chance of surviving a shark attack. You have a 99% chance of surviving a snake bite. But you only have a 50% chance of surviving a crash if you aren't wearing a seatbelt. Your truck may be tough, but a seatbelt makes it tougher. Buckle up in your truck. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety
0: Office. It's the afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan.
3: <laughs> I gotta tell you something. It kind of self, its kind of a self-embarrassing story. I'm just hanging out with my mom, and she's watching my 600-pound life. Great show. The woman was 670 pounds, and her boyfriend—I'm like, no way. Looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: afternoon stretch. Afternoon stretch
12: with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> Insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers and Annuity Rate Report. Both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
7: Okay, it's happening!
0: It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan.
7: Everybody stay calm! Sure. Stay sure. calm!
9: Let's take
0: some calls from the public, shall we? Join the Afternoon Stretch now at
9: 615-844-5600.
0: Now here's Bruno and Zach.
2: Second hour of the afternoon stretch here on Nashville Sports Radio. Bruno Reagan, Devlin McKenzie, Zach Williams. A lot of the breaking news coming out today. If you're just jumping in the car, maybe you haven't seen or heard. Sean Payton, the newest head coach for the Denver Broncos. D'Amico Ryans, the newest head coach for the Houston Texans. And they all fought each other in negotiations trying to be the one who wanted whatever job they wanted. And I think the Texans will be a team quickly, Bruno, that are going to they're going to they're going to they can get good very quick. And and that should be worrisome for Titans fans.
3: Uh, That's the entire conference. Sadly, Uh, that's the entire conference. I think the Colts are still kind of in in their own sort of limbo along with the Titans, but it sucks when you're watching the other teams trend upwards. And, you know, the only place the Texans could go was up. So it's not, it was something we expected. I think you, you and myself, but the Titans are going to have a lot to answer on all fronts. And eventually coaching might have to be
2: one of them. 615 844 5600 Let's go to the phone lines if you want to jump in. Wide open right now for you. Clay in Nashville, I appreciate you holding my man and also appreciate you coming out to T line the other last Thursday.
6: Well, I wanted <clears throat> I wanted to start off my call today by talking about that particular day. Your sidekick that does this show, Mr. Sixty One. He graduated from Vandy, I believe, five years ago, as a
9: football player.
2: Yeah, there's no proof of that, though. We haven't seen it, the. We haven't seen the uh, actual. You know, I got three. it right here. He says he has it, but he hadn't brought it in.
6: He said he played it, or he was listed at three fifteen at Vandy, and now he's six foot three, three hundred and forty nine pounds. Zach, that is one large man.
2: Man is a tough, tough word to use in there. He's like a large baby, is what he is. But yes, he—he's
6: very, he's very big. I don't think I could take him in arm wrestling or anything.
3: <laughs> he'd let you win. <laughs> don't he'd worry, be nice. you, he'd let you win. Don't worry, you and ninety nine point nine percent of the population. So
6: don't worry about it. Bruno it was great. To, uh, I thought you'd remember my face from being down there when y'all went out on the road and things like that, when my boy D Mace was coach. But it was just, you know, good that we could connect where, you know, you know exactly who I am now.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I remember you coming out all all those old days ago. Um, I was never excited to travel, so I was usually just trying to get in the bus and get on my phone. But I appreciate you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, now, Clay, he Uh, knows your face. So when he sees you, he can walk to the other side
6: of the room, you know, trying to run away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of people want to stay away from a band fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> it might rub
2: off. You know, you don't know. <laughs>
6: um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little about Bandy's got a basketball game tonight in Tuscaloosa. I think this is a really tough spot for Vanderbilt because, as the pokester likes to stay on the morning show, Alabama probably has a case, a serious case of the red booty factor coming off that butt whooping by Oklahoma in the big 12 sec challenge.
2: They do. They definitely do. I mean, Brandon Miller also, you know, playing the, the hometown team, if you will, uh, that there's, there's a lot going into that game. And, you know, I, it, we talked obviously with Blake Lovell about it. It, it's going to be a bump in the road, but Vanderbilt's probably going to catch the, the brunt of all the issues with what that loss caused for Bama.
6: Um, I think the line started 13 and a half. It's up to 15 and a half. but you know, one thing I'll say about this team meeting Vanderbilt losing Robbins really was a blow to this team because he gets hurt right after, uh, we, you know, upset Arkansas at Memorial gym. And then he's out for the first Alabama game. That was his first game missed. We lose by 12 without him. Of course, this is a totally different deal down there. And, you know, with what happened to Alabama over the weekend. But one thing I will say for Vandy's team this year, one thing I really love about this team, these kids play hard and these kids never quit. I mean, they get down 13 at Texas AM the other night and come back and take the lead and just couldn't finish the deal. But it's, it's a frustrating team to watch sometimes, you know, with the number of wins and the number of losses. But I just love what. How hard these kids play and how they never quit.
2: Yeah, I would love for them to play Alabama on a Saturday because I don't know what it is about Saturday games. That seems to be the best Vandy basketball team you can see.
6: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And, you know, it's tough too because this is a not only is it a second straight road game, but it's somewhat of a one day short of, you know, it's so it's a short turnaround as opposed to. You know, playing on wednesday we're playing on tuesday but i will be watching like always and uh i think they will you know hopefully make you know a competitive showing tonight so we'll see what happens
2: hey clay appreciate
6: calling in buddy see ya
2: yeah 15 and a half bruno uh it's a lot of points what was the score last time these two teams faced off because they faced off recently and i'm trying to remember it was a 78 66 final in that one yeah uh, I, alabama it, wins
3: it sucks because now if vanderbilt does pull off the upset of the upset the offset they are the ops. they are the ops <laughs> they are the ops but if they do pull off the upset it's gonna that oklahoma game is gonna kind of like take a little bit of the win away from vandy does, does that make sense
2: yeah 100 percent. yeah so well and, and but, if it is if it's a close game too you're gonna look at it from is is Alabama fumbling you know is something happening here is something going on is is Nate Oates team not built to last you know that kind of thing uh I which I disagree it's probably going to be a butt whooping for Alabama all the way through they're a really good team man they're just they're a really good team and, and Nate Oates is a really good coach I'll tell you Alabama's biggest worry the coming years of of when is Nick Saban going to retire? That's the that's the number one right. Like that's all their athletic department has to fear is will Nick Saban retire anytime soon. The second one of that is Nate Oates wanting to leave for a bigger job. That's that's the that's that's a real loss if you lose Oates. He has turned that program completely upside down, and it is it has been fascinating not only what he's done here but he, just his entire career of what he did in Buffalo and just how he moved through I mean he made all those guys every team he's been on play so good that it would not be shocking to see the Dukes of the world or the you know the UNC's or one of those perennial blue bloods really go after a coach like that to make him the guy because he has that kind of quality
3: yeah absolutely and and I just wanted to Echo Clay's sentiment about Vanderbilt before we move on. That they, this team is super fun to watch. They're not getting the results that a lot of people like, and Stackhouse era has been pretty, pretty split on the Twitter.com bird app. But th- for what it's worth, the team is fun to watch, and it's, it makes me not really question the direction of the coaching right now. So it is what it is. Like, I i have been watching these basketball games. 7 30 comes, I will watch Vanderbilt play against Alabama. So, if you can get me to watch basketball, I think you're doing something right.
2: Yeah, I, I there's a lot of people that just don't like. I think it's just not liking Stackhouse as a whole. Like it's it's not it's not so much that the team's underperforming. Really, that just becomes ammo in the gun. That is just the gun is just they don't like Stackhouse, so they get to fire off bullets when he loses and say, "Ah, oh, he's bad. Team's bad. He needs to go." That sort of thing, but. The real case of it he he's good. It's just we've talked about it before. He just doesn't fit. He just doesn't fit that Vandy man narrative, which I think is lame personally.
3: Yeah. Hey, did you see um did you see the lineup of the AFC Pro Bowl quarterbacks? We talked about the AFC being the league of uh, young quarterbacks. Have you seen their Pro Bowl lineup? Uh well,
2: good. yeah. So that was something we were definitely going to talk about today. The Pro Bowl, first off, we knew it was a joke. It's a flag football game this year in Vegas. Nobody really cares about it, let's be honest. And so much so that people are just claiming all kinds of injuries to just get out of having to go to the Pro Bowl. Because I'm guessing that's the only way outright of just saying no. Uh, the fact that Tyler Huntley is a Pro Bowl quarterback, has two passing touchdowns on the year, more interceptions. He's the first quarterback to do that since. Does anybody know? Does anybody know who the quarterback last was to have more interceptions and touchdowns would to be a Pro Bowl? Peyton Manning? No. Uh, Take a guess. I'm asking a Nashville radio show this, if that's oh. your hint. No way. It's Mariota. Marcus Mariota? No, 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 no. Ryan Tannehill. No. Steven Nair. You're dancing around it.
3: <laughs> Come on, uh, Jake Locker?
2: No. <laughs> now <laughs> I just want to see if you, you could name the quarterback. Josh I Dobbs. probably can't. No, not Josh Dobbs. He, he got his first start Malik this Willis. Year. Malik Willis. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the greatest college football quarterback ever. Troy Smith. <laughs> no, you're wrong on that for two reasons. Uh, That'd be Vince Uh, Young. Oh, Vince Young. I was about to say Tim Tebow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it was Vince Young was the last quarterback to do that. Uh, Yeah, it's it's as much of a joke as you could get. Why does anybody pay attention? It will still get more viewers than a regular season NBA game.
3: Derek Carr is also in it, too. Like, like that's their second
2: person. (laughs) That's That's the AFC. That is, first off, if you're a Raiders fan, you have to feel so terrible because this guy's a Pro Bowler. His last game as a Raider will be in the Pro Bowl. He stopped playing mid season because they just knew they were done and he's in the Pro Bowl. That alone is the biggest joke in the world. But for Derek Carr, I mean what, is he gonna go out there and just i like, repping the black and gold or black not black and gold, black and gray one more time, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you should what, just get a blank uniform yeah it's you know uh it's like in the last dance when they uh uh the miracle team went uh uh, the dream team i mean the dream team went to play and win michael jordan wouldn't wear any reebok gear so he wore all the he covered up all the logos with like american flag stuff that's what Derek carr should do he should just cover everything up with like american flag and then anybody gives him grief he's like i love the flag
3: <laughs> that'd be now that's that's marketing genius so. it, really is. it really is i still think the afc quarterbacks better than the nfc quarterbacks no for sure <laughs> who are the
2: nfc quarterbacks who, who even Geno are you
3: smith kurt cousins <laughs> jared Goff. And, i
2: think and, yeah i have n- somebody Goff? not good i've i forgot i've literally dropped that uh, list out of my brain the
3: pro bowl is a disgrace we spent you a cannot. whole segment
2: talking about the nfc quarterbacks forever ago yeah, no, I, I remember, and I've completely – it's completely dry. I think Jalen Hurts was in it, but now he's not, so I don't know uh, who the, the backup is. Uh, yeah, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the replacement for that. So that's your your 2023 Pro Bowl flag football team. I mean, that is just as stupid as it could get. It is as ugly. Originally, the AFC was supposed to have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Well, Josh Allen is injured. He's golfing. Yeah. He's injured, says his elbow. He said his elbow's hurting, even though, He's whatever. Golfing. He's
3: uh, golfing. He's golfing right now. I'm Joe Burrow
2: has, they, I love this, excused absence on Joe Burrow, uh, so he won't be there. Tyler Huntley will be there. Trevor Lawrence, the only good quarterback in the room showing up. Derek Carr, uh, and then on the uh, NFC side, it's uh, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, and, and Jared Goff. That is as terrible as it could possibly get. Christian McCaffrey's also going to be in it for the NFC. He's a replacement as well.
3: I don't. It's dumb that he's a replacement.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> really is. Tony Pollard injured. He was supposed to be in it. Uh, you had Miles Sanders. Uh, he's going to the Super Bowl, obviously. And then Saquon Barkley. That's that's your. Uh, I I mean, snor- snooze fest, snooze fest. That's what this is going to be. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be dumb. I I I don't know. I. What do you do, though? What do you do? If you're the NFL, do you just quit the whole thing? Not going to do that because that's a week worth of programming that you're going to have right now. But you got to find something for this because this is just as, as boring as it can get is watching this. I would rather, honestly, I would rather it be something like how they do the match where you're bringing in other people. Bring in like the NBA celebrity all-star game is. Where they're playing a game of pickup, do that. Bring celebrities in to play the flag football, and or or even better, better yet, let them suit up. Let them suit up, and you go watch. You know, you got some some you know older. You got Joe Montana in at quarterback, but then you got I don't know Paul Rudd at wide receiver or something like Jonah Hill's defensive tackle. That kind of stuff would be fun. Let fans pick the plays. Exactly. There you go. That's a that's a good one. And but then you'd be like, you got to actually try you know yeah that's the yeah, other I don't, side of this
3: i don't know what the answer is i think i think just having football players not play football is is sadly the answer like an entirely <laughs> different game like if it was golf or basketball i'd be a little bit more interested and there would be a ton of celebrities lining up to like join in on the fun
2: yeah i mean but the cele- they do a celeb softball game for the uh uh the mlb all-star break that's the to me Obviously, I think that's one of the best times for any of the All-Star or Pro Bowl, whatever you want to mix in. I, I love watching the celebrity softball game. And then the celebrity basketball game is always so fun. So, I mean, at least do that. You know, have your two captains or whatever that get voted in or, or mix them into the actual game itself. But do a celebrity, you know, celebrity pro-am style flag football. Flag, flag football. Exactly. That's all it is. That's all you got to do. It doesn't have to be anything so crazy. That's And that would be fun And because clearly the players don't care about this. They don't care what, how much money goes to this charity from this. They don't care. <laughs> they, they they may say they care. They don't. I promise you. They, they give zero effort out there. Maybe the flag football side of it will be more fun. I don't know. It's new at least, so it'll be different. 615-844-5600. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. When we come back, we're going to head to – Alex Darty of uh, A to Z Sports, he's going to talk about some Predators hockey because that is also going on right now. It's not as fun to talk about, though, right now. This isn't, we're, you know, there's that there's that scene in the office. Devlin, you're a big office fan. There's a scene near the end. In- well, it's like the last episode. Ed Helms' character, Andy, says, you know, I wish somebody would tell you you're in the good old days when we're you're in the good old days.
4: Them, yeah, and
2: we're not in the good old days anymore of Predators hockey. Uh, we're going to talk to him on the other side here on the afternoon stretch.
4: Good afternoon. Still busy out here on 65, making your way north of the city up through Madison Heavy. 65 southbound at 840, trying to get down through that stretch of Williamson County. Lots of radar out here as well. Give yourself extra time. 24, we saw quite a bit of it through Rutherford County, in and out of Coffee County as well. Nash Painting, number one in Middle Tennessee in residential and commercial painters. They're online right now at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
12: strong insurers. Call 800 715 That's right. Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers and Annuity Rate Report. Both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General, producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
5: Catch your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Toronto Raptors for their annual Faith and Family Night. Faith and Family Night features a post-game worship service with Bluff City praise led by Effie Johnson, as well as a faith-based Q&A conversation with Grizzlies forward Jake Laravaya. Grab your tickets by visiting Grizzly.com or calling 901-888-HOOP today. From Nashville's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. It's a Bill King show.
6: In Little League football, they play it off. You can't do it in college football, Bill. You got to come up with a bunch of computers and some BCS cockamamie scheme. My answer was yes. It's unique. Absolutely love. I go into my garage every day and make sure there are no dust particles on those BCS computers. I do that.
0: Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM.
5: Call in now to The Afternoon Stretch, 615-844-5600 and be the most talented person on the show.
2: The Afternoon Stretch, Bruno Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams. Is the snow falling yet up there, Bruno?
3: Uh, I don't know. I'm in a concrete room
2: for, uh, for this, so... It's the soft room that they have him in today. Uh, <laughs> keeps him keeps him from himself, really. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk some Preds. Let's talk some Preds with our good buddy, Alex Darty. You can follow him on Twitter at alexdarty one Covers Preds for A to Z Sports. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us.
1: What's going on, fellas? It's been a while. I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. I, I
2: want to uh, find a way that you can just Give me the UC Soros giveaway that you're doing right now. Is there any way I know I get it. We're on, you know, talking to thousands and thousands of people right now, very open and public. How can I just
1: get it? I I I am a man of honesty. I cannot I, I cannot be bought. I you your your odds are as good as everyone else's, so good luck to you.
2: Uh there you go. There's 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 the free plug. Go go check out Alex's Twitter if you want to get in on that one. Uh, so let's talk about the Preds. They're they're playing better. They're playing better. That's that is what you can say right now. They're at least winning matches. The last time we talked to you, uh, they were kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit, but now these uh, what the last six, last seven, uh, picking up Ws outside of one loss to the Blues.
1: Yeah, so they've, they've won five of their last six, and then in their in their last twenty games, they're you know, performing at over a hundred point pace. So like if you were to extrapolate their last 20 games over an 82 game season, they'd be a hundred point team, which put them in the playoffs. So it yeah, they have been playing better. And I think in particular, the last two games against Winnipeg last week, uh, which was a two to one win. And then two days later, Thursday against the devils, a six to four win. The most notable things about those games were so in, in, in recent memory, some of the wins the Predators have had have been maybe winning ugly is a, be- a good way to term it. Like they've they've kind of won but not really played great. Uh, maybe UC Soros has stole a couple games for them. You couldn't say that about the last two games. Last week, they were the better team. I mean, they really were. Against Winnipeg, except for maybe one stretch in the first period, the Predators outplayed the Jets for most of the game in a low-scoring affair. And then in a high-scoring affair against the Devils, they come out – beat them six to four and really looked like they were giving the devils all kinds of problems so it's a it's kind of a a, um it's it's a trend in the in the right direction i would say uh you need to see a lot more and here's the biggest thing the predators have built themselves a or dug themselves a a rather large hole they have to keep playing at least as good as this in order to really break through because you know the the way the hockey playoffs work it's just get climbing the standings and and the points and the way it all works, it's very difficult when you are behind. So they have got to keep that pace and maybe even a little bit better in order to really get back into it. But, yeah, things are looking better.
2: Halfway point of the season, uh, as I I believe we're in, till what their next game is in the seventh, I believe, is what it is. Um, Where do you grade them so far on this point? You know, getting to where they are uh they're they're middling right now where would you put them on like a grade scale grade of of where they're
1: at um okay so if we're talking like a, a, a just a regular sort of college gpa uh i, I mean i'm not going to reveal myself by saying what my college gpa was uh i, I don't know if bruno wants to tell us what his <laughs> no was, me, neither. But, uh, me neither me neither I'm he went to peabody so it's all good over no, there okay. No, to the college of and okay, okay, science yeah. <laughs> we don't science need to, we don't in need there ever, we don't need to reveal that information at all but i, I would give them like a 2.0 like <laughs> they they are they are still in academic standing but maybe not great academic standing and and they are teetering on the edge of of uh losing that scholarship you know i, I don't even know what scholarships you could have at a 2.0 but you know what i mean like they they're kind it's of the whole right scholarship, there scholarship you know <laughs> like that's what yeah, i think it is they're 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 making the minimum minimum for the hope scholarship, but they're right they're right on the edge of it. So they've got to really they've got to really pound the books and and get some good scores on some tests in order to get that GPA back up to like a three That's 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 where I put them right now.
2: Talking with Alex Darty. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty one. Bruno Reagan, what do you got uh, for Mister Alex?
1: Alex, you I
3: assume watch almost if not all predators hockey games now. I wanted to ask you are they in your opinion a fun team in the nhl are they a fun team to watch because as a titans fan the titans are not fun for me to watch just from a fear of football like x is O standpoint they're not fun are the preds fun and if not what can they do
1: to be more fun and effective i think that's been the complaint about this team this year uh is that they have not been fun to watch um i think that that was the thing about last year's team that was actually the that the, last year's team was fun to watch because you had the emergence of Tanner No, Jakob Trennan, Colton Sistens. That line was just like it, it, just so entertaining to watch. They were knocking guys off the rink. I mean, they they were they were incredibly fun to watch. And then they also had two 40 goal scorers. They had Roman Yossi nearly a hundred point season. So last year, they were incredibly fun to watch. This year it's like the polar opposite. They can't score, they can't play defense. Every now and then the, the goaltender steals the game for them. And those guys I mentioned before, Tanner's, you know, Jakob Trennan, Colton Sissons, that line has not really been a factor uh, this year. So I, I would say no. They're not a very fun team to watch right now. Uh, however, winning is fun, right? I mean, we all know that. Winning is fun. And if they can get on a roll and just start winning more games, I think I think people will enjoy it a little bit more. And and they're going to need some of the young guys to really give this team a reason to for people to go out there. I mean, guys like Cody Glass, who I've talked about, Uso Parsonen, uh, th- those those players are important for bridging a new kind of level or sort of next step of this team because you know people are tired of seeing the same names. Yep, Ryan Johansson didn't score again. Matt Shane, he's struggling. Philip Forsberg he scored, but you know what? What else can they do? They they're, they need some new blood. They need some new activity on the ice mm-hmm. in order to really get uh, people back interested in the game.
3: Sounds like they should have figured out the and puzzle,
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes that was that's, uh yeah,
3: I, I, that probably kind of the, crazy from what i hear
1: yeah what well, one of the one of the biggest missteps of david poyle i mean i i mean it's it's like kind of baffling i mean and, and it's probably unfair to say it's only on david poyle because it wasn't just him i mean i think it's pretty clear john hines didn't really believe in him as a as a as a player in his system so it's kind of on both of them but uh yeah, no, Ellie Tolvanen is kind of crushing it over there. Now, he is still a kind of one-dimensional player. I don't know how many of the goals he scored now over there, but I, I think almost all of them have been power play goals, which, I mean, it, the Predators would take right now for sure. But, um, yeah, I think – so only oh, only a couple of the goals he scored there have been power play goals, so I take that back. But um, he's he's obviously found something good in Seattle, And uh, his usage is kind of similar in terms of ice ice time. So yeah, that one of the biggest missteps from from the Poyle Hines era by far.
2: And that list just keeps getting bigger. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just bigger and bigger every day. Talking with Alex Darty. Follow me on Twitter at Alex Darty One, also known on this show as the White Dragon. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So Alex, what you know? We're getting up March. Beginning of March, we'll get the trade deadline. We're coming into February. Is there any news that you think will pop off with the Predators from now to that time in the tradescape? And what would it be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do not think I, – I personally think they, they will not make a, a, a very large move at all. Uh, I think that if they do anything, they will uh, buy something very small and, and not spend a lot for it. And if they sell, I mean, I think there was a thought that they were going to sell maybe Dante Fabro. They were going to trade Dante Fabro away. But now Alex Carrier, the other sort of half of that young defenseman puzzle, has is injured, and you don't know when he's going to come back. So I don't think they're going to do that. And especially if they start winning, they're not going to trade. They're not going to sell totally. Um, And they're certainly not going to sell any of their bigger pieces. I mean, Mikhail Granlund. There was talk of Ekholm. There was talk of. Uh, of even like Johansson or something. That's none of that's going to happen. But you know they could buy something small. I mean, last year they bought uh, a, a defenseman, Jeremy Lozon, who's now signed to an extension for a second-round pick. I could see something like that.
2: Uh, are you excited for uh, the All-Star event here? And what
1: it's having a couple days. Uh, I'm going to be honest. No, I am not excited. I don't. I I just generally. Kind of despised any all star games and uh it just I think all of it is so mind numbingly boring to me. I I'm sorry, I just I just can't get into it. It's just like can we just skip this and go to the real thing? Give the players a week off and then we'll just come back and play the real games.
2: Yeah, who's the only the only pre that got in, right? Is UC.
1: Yep. Yeah, UC Soros.
2: What does that tell you about this team? I mean, it just it, it it's it's bread. You know what I mean? Like You might like it. You might be friends of it or something. You might want (laughs) to eat bread every once in a while, but you got to put it with something else to make it really interesting. It's like, I I don't know what it is. I feel like mediocrity and this kind of goes to a bigger point, I guess, Alex, than just predator hockey, but mediocrity is just the worst. I'd rather you be the lowest of the low or the best of the best. I I feel like where they are right now, it just feels like they're in purgatory in the next couple years yeah, they'll get some wins here and there, but it's it's not going to be anything that is going to replicate what the last, you know, the last half 10 years ago was for this team.
1: Yeah, I well, just, just first of all, the, the the NHL All-Star game is a little different than others. You know, basically every team gets at least one mm-hmm. and and so UC Taras being the only representative for Nashville, uh I would I wouldn't have been shocked if if that rule wasn't in there, they might not have had anyone in this uh in this All-Star game. Uh and it's you know it's it's a little different uh, because if they play three on three now, it's not a full roster or anything. They just do like a three on three tournament. But um, okay, so me- mediocrity. I mean, like that that has been the the dangerous word for for predators fans uh, for for several years now, and it's why I think that you know the David Poyle era is just like it. it we're just waiting for it to end, and who knows if there's going to be any prize at the end of it. I mean. He has been an amazing uh, general manager for the Predators from the beginning and has been, you know, has been an institution in this city for so long. But institutions often need to be, you know, revamped and revisited and updated. And I I just think it's past time and, and and we need to see someone else in charge, someone else run the show. Uh, and it personally, I have nothing against John Hines. I think John Hines is a pretty good coach. I don't know his ceiling, but I really think it's all about David Poyle. And that's where this sort of mediocrity has, has set in over the course of the last six years.
2: Uh, my, my producer Devlin wanted me to throw this out here. Uh, they need to tank for, uh, Connor Bedard.
1: Connor Bedard. Bedard. Um, I knew I said yeah, his name not- wrong.
2: He wrote it down and I was like, I'm going to say it wrong. I just know it. <laughs>
1: Well, here's the thing. Tanking is not going to work because first of all, you're not going to come close to the amount of to the odds that a Chicago or an Anaheim uh are going to get to. So like you you're you could tank uh and get close to that. I mean, if they somehow landed the number 1 pick in the draft, that would be I mean, honestly, it would change the franchise because Connor Bedard is insane. He is a he is a changing. He is an Austin Matthews. He is a Connor McDavid. Maybe he's not Connor McDavid, but he is definitely an Austin Matthews uh, a, a Jack Eichel type, like a really incredibly skilled offensive player. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's not going to happen. They're not going to get Connor Bedard. It's there's just no way they're going to, they're going to be too good this year to not finish in a lottery pick. And even if they do finish in a lottery pick, the odds of them getting the number one spot are just so low. So I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. there There you go. Dublin. So let's do this, Alex,
2: your, your GM, your president, they, they put you in, this back half of the season what what is it you're doing what is day one alex the white dragon is coming out and he's blowing his flames all over the predators what is it that you would do
1: uh well the first would be call up philip tomasino get him out of milwaukee he doesn't he does not need to be there bring philip tomasino up probably gonna have to cut cole smith i i i know cole smith is a divisive figure he's a good he's a good player a good guy but he doesn't need to be in the roster over Philip Tomasino. So that's job number one. I would also probably trade Dante Fabro, even with the injury to Alex Carrier, because you're going to get something out of him. Turn that into a draft pick. Uh, maybe maybe figure out a way to improve your power play at the deadline. I don't know. Maybe go trade for an Ellie Tolvenin over in Seattle. I hear that guy's pretty good. Mm. Uh, or or <laughs> And then probably after that, I would, probably, I would seriously look at revamping how you are approaching... Uh, improving your roster and and figuring out, okay, we have some contracts that need to be moved. Can we move those in order to get some better younger talent? Maybe move a Mikhail Granlund, who is underperforming. Maybe even move Ryan Johansson who's been underperforming for a couple years. Uh, yeah, I mean there there's a lot of work to be done. I, I think you got to use the pieces you have in house. You can't get you can't get complacent with just the same group in there all the time. Uh, find a way to get younger players in these positions because hockey these days is a young man's game. If you're 26 years old and you haven't made it, you're not going to make it. you got to be 22 and making it in in, in today's NHL.
2: Uh, You have my full uh, okay on just taking that and making it into an article because it sounds like that would have been a great article for you to just dive into. (laughs) Uh, you, Alex Darty, is the GM of the Preds and my first, my first job. And just, there you go. Just list it all out during these, during these no play times. You know what I mean?
1: There you go. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to, uh, to, to say that I should, I should be in charge, but I do think that there's people out there with good ideas. And I think that's another thing about, about Poyle. Like, you know, you have the same guy in charge. He thinks that his way is the best. Get some new blood in there. I mean, I, I'm I'm one person, but I guarantee you, there's other people who have even better ideas than I do. So,
2: it, it something has to change. I don't know. It just feels like there's the the day's going to ha- it's going to happen. I mean, David Poyle will one day not be in charge of this team, but it feels like that is the the ball and chain that is just holding them down at the bottom of the riverbed right now. That's just yeah, where they I, are.
1: Right. I I would agree with that, and and it and it takes players, you know. Think about the, the time that the, you're wasting watching Roman Yossi, an incredible talent, Philip Forsberg, UC Saros. These are incredible talents that on any other team would be, you know, probably lauded with the best of them, right? And maybe even winning cups. You know, are, are, are these are the talents of these players, th- to say nothing of, of Pecorine, I mean, the greatest player in franchise history, I mean, that guy didn't get a, a chance to, to hoist the Stanley Cup and, and could, if someone else had been in charge, could we could we be talking about Stanley Cup winner pecorino I mean, just things to think about. Like the, it's it's a it's really it, it is important. These are the players that people come to see. People want them to succeed, and you need to have the right people in charge to put them in the places to succeed.
2: Alex, thank you so much for jumping on with us, man. We always love having you on for our weekly Predators discussion with you. A great knowledge base right there. If you're not following, or you wanting to get following on somebody daily. Go check our buddy over there, at AlexDarty1 on Twitter. Covers Preds for A to Z Sports. Thank you so much, White Dragon. You guys are the best. See you later. White Dragon has now flown away. We always appreciate it. White Dragon out. White Dragon out. Uh, Talk about a headline here real quick. I just saw on the TV. This is is like peak, you know, national TV. Uh, LeBron James will play tonight despite (laughs) despite i wouldn't say it's a despite significant foot soreness
3: mm, what a hero what a hero what am i i mean how is
2: dude. he gonna tough through right now
3: he, my favorite thing is hearing the former ESPN people talk about like how they're forced to talk about lebron i think that's just such an <laughs> awesome prison significant
2: foot soreness my significant foot soreness is acting up today guys but i think i'm gonna be able to play some basketball source lebron james yeah <laughs> <laughs> md lebron james Connor, Connor, how do you say it? Connor Bedard? Connor Bedard. Man. And if you don't know who this guy is. I had a 50-50 shot of going one or the other. Couldn't bring it up in my mind. Was sitting here looking at it. and was like, here we go. This kid's a stud. You're ready for him. I mean, I'm actually excited. I'm not really a big hockey guy.
3: Take like 10 minutes and watch his highlights on YouTube. It's ridiculous.
2: Is he like Cody Paul in football? Do you remember that? No. That kid had the best highlight tape ever on youtube if you haven't seen it cody paul i mean that was like the first highlight mix uh it it had a lil wayne's fire fireman (laughs) in the background do you remember what i'm talking about bruno yes i do oh every kid wanted to be cody paul it's
3: like tavon austin's highlights
2: oh yeah he did it way before tavon austin no no, cody paul was like the legit like myspace.com like watching cody paul highlights like i remember that one that was early internet right there for you 615-844-5600 Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. 5600 if you want to jump in back after this here on the afternoon stretch.
4: Well, good afternoon. Just give yourself plenty of extra time. It's heavy on 40 East over here at Fessler's Steady Flow. Traffic continues on 24 East out past Bell Road, continuing into Rutherford County. Not bad right now on I-40 in Wilson County, with the exception of some radar. It's heavy over here now on 65 northbound as you approach uh, Vietnam Vets. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products. Talking about edibles, flowers, concentrates. Order online, snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with are on- top time traffic
5: Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are
8: Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors.
6: Your exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast for this afternoon winter weather advisory chance of showers under cloudy skies a high of 37 for tonight rain and sleet or freezing rain. Overnight low thirty degrees, utilizing the resources of yes, the, West West the network of National Sports Radio. It's, it's,
0: uh, w- same yeah, it's I
9: call her AAS. I call her owner. and You know what she is? She's
13: a wolf in sheep's clothing. I damn bro. Oh
0: she's oh she's a gangster. Oh she knows what she's a gangster. She knows what she Yep, Craig Fog and News Channel Vibes John Burton, WNSR
5: Nashville Sports Radio. A show called the Afternoon Stretch is a stretch. Calling it a show. The Afternoon Stretch.
2: If you missed it, Alex Darty, Beta Z Sports, joined us last segment talking Fred's while we're here inside the All-Star break. I think we are officially in All-Star break, right? Yeah, it's... I don't know if they had like one more game just left over here. But I know this weekend it all kicks off for their little, because they have like a, gu- a golf golf game that's going to be mixed in with it or something like that. Yeah, they have a bunch of stuff trying to get it done. Uh, but if you missed that and you, you want to catch up on some Preds, maybe what second half of the season looks like, go to WNSR.com, click on the afternoon stretch tab, and right there it'll start playing for you to listen. Also, Blake Lovell, we had that in the first hour. Blake Lovell, uh, tremendous, talking college basketball, one of the greatest, uh, just absolute minds of college basketball to talk about. The way he breaks down, it's always good. Love hearing from both of them. Uh Bruno, I was watching I was rewatching the Cody Paul highlights just sitting here. I couldn't couldn't not do it. I mean the kid was just electric. The kid was Did he so go anywhere? Good. He played man, I I know he played uh college football, but I don't think he
3: Cadron State College tailback. Oh yeah. Five height, five wait, no <laughs> this is entirely different i'm trying to track him down but uh yeah they have one of those youtube what happened to cody paul's you can go look yeah yeah you're Ch- Char-
2: yeah. chadron is that how you say this i don't know i could be saying this one wrong too five five yeah five. he's five five look
3: look at the header picture of him running <laughs> 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 i mean dude was short short
2: he was a short guy i mean he was five five in that uh in that highlight video though you know what yeah. i mean yeah. But yeah, he play, I mean he played he played college ball, wasn't, you know. He had uh let's see, his lo- he had his season high, he had 104 104 yards in one game in 2016. His longest rush was 75 yards. Uh, I was trying to look for his career stats. Career stats, there you go. Uh, he had 271 attempts on, and got 1700 yards. 1755 yards on 11 touchdowns. Um uh, that's not I mean, hey, he was averaging six a touch at five five. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Good for yeah. him. He went on to play. But yeah, that was that kid. I played,
3: in the USFL. I played with a guy who's I think five, five, five and a half.
2: So it's possible. What was Darren Sproles? Wasn't Darren Sproles? He was like almost four foot or something that. He was he was like crazy. Uh five six. He was five six, yeah. And and let's be honest, he was five five you yep. know what I mean
3: <laughs> that's the team just trying to do him a yeah. Favor. yeah yeah it's
2: like Kevin Durant's like I'm seven foot and it's like no nah, you're, you're 6'10 you know like you just you just everybody's helping you get to that seven foot mark but yeah Darren Darren Sproles was a dog that guy was an absolute dog he had uh 11,000 re- return yards <laughs> and nine return touchdowns I wonder if he gets into the uh if he ever gets into the uh hall of fame
3: They have a picture of Darren Strolls standing beside uh, Jason Peters on Google. It's (laughs) awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he was – it's like uh, when you look at that photo of Jose Altuve and uh, Aaron Judge, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) it's just like, holy crap. How are these two people in this sport together? And that's the same for Darren Sproles. There's almost a benefit to it, you think about it. Like, he's that small. He's – how you can hide behind the line. You know what I mean? Like like you have all what's the average what's the average lineman height in the NFL, Bruno? It's like 6'4". I would four. say 6'3". 6'3" 6'4", yeah. yeah. Well, all linemen 6'4", six, four, six, four. So if you're the defensive line, you have no idea where this running back's going to go. You
3: don't know. <laughs> no. If you're a
2: linebacker, you're trying to cover him. You just he's okay, did he go left or right? I don't know. I'll make a you guess. You got to bend
3: over and look through the legs. That's the only <laughs> way.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, once again, Appreciate Alex and uh, Blake coming on today. If you want to go check those out, WNSR.com, hear those interviews from earlier today. Uh, anything else on the docket you're wanting to talk about today, Bruno? Anything that's come across the wire that maybe has been breaking?
3: I think we've hit on most of the things, which we've done a really good job of not to you know, toot our own horns too much. But I think we've done a really good job of hitting all the the crazy breaking things. Mainly, I just want to keep talking about Titans and their situation at quarterback. That's like what's been on my mind. My, I because I was thinking, okay, Trey Lance. Because I don't want Tom Brady and I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I think whoever we do, it has to be young. And if you say, if I'm saying that, well, people will be like, okay, then you have to give Malik Willis a real chance, right? And then I would say to them, uh. N- no i think i've seen enough of malik willis but maybe it's maybe it's worth a shot i don't know
2: you know one thing we haven't really talked about much is the senior bowl going on did you perform in the senior bowl at all no the senior bowls if
3: you're going to get drafted in like the third round or higher like third through fifth or higher senior bowls for for the like big time prospects i was uh they have here's the rankings of the bowls senior bowl is the most impressive quote-unquote and then you have the East-West Shrine game. That's second. It used to be the NFL PA Bowl. That was second. But now they're, I think, third in terms of talent. That's where the USFL will go. And a bunch of fifth through seventh renders will be. And then is the College Great Iron Series All-Star Game. And that was the one I was at. That's for like seventh and free agents. So that's like the, the history of, of bowls, I guess you could say. And they have some extra ones. They have like the Hula Bowl and the Polynesian Bowl. But those are like, you know, a little bit down the list too.
2: How Much of that does that change, you know, not a draft bit, stock,
3: not a bit. That's why when people like Setson Bennett and uh Will Levis sit outs, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, it's mainly agents, I feel like agents just kind of really push that on a lot of players to keep this machine going because the senior bowl is you know this third party thing. I mean, Reese's is a massive sponsor. You, when you talk about it being an economy, it feels like agents just kind of push players to do these things when really we have. All this game tape, why do we need to go do it? But if you want to go out there and compete, it can raise your draft stock. I mean, when I talk about O-linemen, Eric Fisher is like the one guy I think of that was a small school guy, and he had all his questions because he played at Central Michigan. Then he goes to the Senior Bowl, and he dominates a bunch of people, especially one of the better D-linemen from Texas at that year. And that earned him that earned him his, you know, I think he was taken first overall by the Chiefs. So it can be a place where you do go and make your money. But it, it has to make sense in the right situation. A guy like Will Levis, I could see him ruining his stock playing, playing a game like this. Quarterbacks doesn't really help. So,
2: Well, down at the Senior Bowl, a story came out. Hendon Hooker gave an interview to Pete Thamel. And uh, he said, this was the quote from Hooker, uh, it will be a better version of Hendon Hooker, the best we've seen yet. Uh, talking about what his return to football in the NFL will be. I, I, I love the confidence of it, and I hope it's true. And I think it is true. I think a lot of people, there's, a, there's so much of the ACL world that has changed in the last five years alone that if you blow an ACL or an MCL, PCL, whatever, they can really make a legitimate change and the real thing, the physical change, the real thing that you have to fix the most is the mental change. The mental change is what really gets a lot of people. You can look at someone like Derrick Rose, where it feels like the mental never really got back for, for Derrick Rose where he was before that. But after that, you know, if, as long as you can make that mental change, the physical change is going to be there. His ACL will be stronger than ever. Um, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to translate what he did with Tennessee in one season into real NFL talent.
3: Well, frankly – Hendon Hooker is older than Jalen Hurts, who's playing in the Super Bowl going in right now. Like, that's, that's just the fact. Your, your evaluation, I'm glad you performed at a high level, and that's great, but at a certain point, it's kind of expected of you. And you have to answer for the years where you didn't perform at a high level, right? A guy like Jalen Hurts, he performed at a high level, Alabama, got benched in one of the biggest games of his career, which worked out for both because he goes to Oklahoma and balls out again. He balled out his entire career. These first round guys, a lot of them ball out their entire careers. Hendon Hooker had a great season. And that's been it. Right. So he's got a lot to answer for. He's going to have to keep that chip on his shoulder if he wants to succeed in the NFL because he's going to be playing catch up. He's going to be playing from behind. And I'm not trying to be a hater because I'm a Vanderbilt guy. That's just how it is. And I think the ACL, you can totally come back from it. But Zach, you not on the head. It, injuries are so mental, especially the ACL, because it's such a long road to recovery. So on top of spending three, I'm not kidding, three hours a day rehabbing every day you can't miss a day on that to try and get it back to normal you also have to stay on top of your skill set which is going to be hindered because you can't move the way you want to for eight months so that's that's going to be as, it's going to be a big challenge to see henry hooker successful in the nfl is it impossible no but there's frankly a lot better and safer prospects
2: than that yeah man i still got some eligibility left i got an arm i just need to showcase it I need to put it in the right spot we can
3: send you to the university of chattanooga special school we can
2: do that. <laughs> i can probably hang out in the polynesian bowl i know it already happened but maybe i can get my <laughs> name
11: back in there all
2: right we are done for the day everybody be safe going on the roads if you're on the roads be looking out for some ice bruno you have a great day too buddy have a good one all right remember if nobody's told you i love you and you matter have a great night we're back tomorrow shortened show tomorrow memphis grizzlies take over part of our second hour so we don't get a lot of it but gonna be fun kevin mawai is gonna be joining us new lipscomb academy head coach that's gonna be 425 it'll be fun